0: Hey, welcome to TPT's Podcast. I'm Dan Friel. I have a couple of voices with me this week. The first one is one you're familiar with, Josh Brown. Josh, how are you doing?
1: Good, Dan. How's it going?
0: Great. Very good. Uh, And the second one is one you may have heard if you were at the TPT Regional and the Super 16 in Philadelphia, uh, but is new to the TPT Podcast, Maury Hirschgordon. Maury, how are you?
2: Hey, Dan. I'm great. Happy to be on the podcast.
0: Great. So, Maury, if you could just give us a little bit of background on yourself. I know I alluded to it, but you were actually at TPT's Regionals and the Super 16 in Philadelphia this year.
2: I was. Philadelphia is home for me. I grew up uh, right outside of, of the city. Uh, and I got involved with TBT back in 2015 when an opportunity presented itself to do some public address. Uh, so I did uh, some TBT uh, public address in Philadelphia in 2015, and then I did it again in 2016. And in 2016, that was where the Super Super 17, Super 17, 16 and uh, the Elite Eight rounds were held as well. So I got to do the Northeast region. As well as those two, and it was just a great experience. You know, uh, a couple of great games in mind was uh, the PA Road Warriors, the Bucknell alumni team against uh, Supernova, which was the Villanova basketball team. And, and Villanova only has four players coming down the stretch, and fans on their feet going crazy, playing playing one man down. Uh, and then you just have you know the great story about always a brave team They made a Cinderella run back in the NCAA tournament ten years prior, and they make a run all the way to the championship game coming through philadelphia so it was great to see a lot of great basketball this summer
0: one of the interesting things Amori, that i always look for when i go to any kind of sporting event is when you hear this voice come over the pa system it's often this almost like disembodied deep baritone voice and you don't know what the face actually looks like and it was hilarious to actually see that you're a young guy you're still in college um how did you get into pa stuff was that something you've done for a while
2: yeah, I've been doing P.A. since about 15, uh, a lot of different high school basketball showcase event tournaments all over the country. Uh, during my winter breaks, I would go whether it was Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. I've done a lot in Ohio um, as well as, uh, you know, up, up in the Northeast. So I've, I've had a lot of opportunities doing public address all over and it's just a lot of fun. You know, no one's really paying attention to you until uh, the game kind of gets on the line and your voice is heard and a guy fouls out or a guy hits a big time three. And then kind of, you know, you're a big impact in the game.
0: And so, but just by way of background, PA is not the only element of sports and sports sort of broadcasting and using your voice that you're involved with, right?
2: No, it definitely isn't. PA is like a a side job, um, to be quite honest with you. I'm an aspiring broadcaster, so a reporter or anchor. Uh, I think I want to do sports, but if news is the way to kind of get my foot in the door, uh, then definitely that route. But anchoring and reporting on television is the goal. I'm a senior up in Connecticut, uh, Quinnipiac University. It's a private school in Hamden, right outside of New Haven. Yale is our big rival. So I do a lot with the hockey teams and basketball teams as well as, you know, soccer, tennis, and and the rest of the teams here.
0: And so there's a great story this weekend. You guys, you and Josh Brown actually got to meet each other in person because Josh is involved with the Northeastern hockey team and you're involved with the Quinnipiac hockey team. So you all had a chance to meet uh, this past weekend. Is that right, Josh?
1: Yeah, they, they took on each other. wasn't uh, too favorable for Northeastern, but, yeah, we were up there uh, at, at QPAC. And uh, I th- we had Maury on, I believe it was Friday, on our, our second period intermission report. So that was a lot of fun. A uh, little TBT connection there. I think I actually referenced it on the air. Uh That's something great. about TBT. So uh yeah, we're we're spreading to the uh college radio audience, dan So uh that was a <laughs> positive over
0: the weekend. That's a big and a growing audience. Yeah. But I know that um you know you guys have had a chance to to talk about TBT and about the podcast, and you're gonna be taking over a lot of what we're gonna be doing over the next several months leading up into TBT twenty seventeen. So I'm personally excited uh very much to listen to what you all have to contribute and say. Uh but Josh, let's turn to uh some of the stuff that you've got uh on the agenda for today. I know that you're gonna talk to us about some of the guys that are having some great uh, starts to the season, TBT alums over in Europe and elsewhere around the world.
1: Yeah, Dan, I mean, there's just a big kind of list when you go through it of guys who, um, you know, a bunch of teams are getting their year started right now. Uh, most teams are about, you know, two to three games in right now, but a lot of guys making an impact right off the bat. Um, Dan, an old friend, Justin Burrell, playing very well for the uh, Nagoya, excuse me, uh Before for these pronunciations on some of these uh, (laughs) overseas teams. But over in Japan, Nagoya Diamond Dolphins. He's the third leading scorer in the league. 18.5 points a game. And, um, you know, you know Burrell from Barstool, Slam, and Few Good Men. We'll see if he makes a a fourth different team uh, heading into TBT 2017. But he's third in the league scoring in Japan, and that actually, that league has been going on now for about two weeks, so they're, um, you know, I think five games into the season, so playing very well uh, as the big man, and I think he might be the only American on that team as well, if I remember correctly, uh, making an impact over in Japan. Uh, Another guy who had a great uh, TBT was Justin Hawkins of Team Utah. Uh, You know, they made their uh, kind of surprise run to the final, the round of eight, did Team Utah? He dropped uh, 28 points and 11 rebounds over in Iraq. They were playing in um. It, it was called it's the Asian Club Championships. They were playing a team from Kazakhstan, and he had 28 points and 11 rebounds. They ended up finishing third in Group B play uh, again in the Asian Club Championships. And, and Dan threw uh, at four games right now. He's averaging 31 points and 8.5 assists over in Iraq. Certainly, uh, we've had other TBT alums play in Iraq, whether it be uh, you know Marshall Henderson's the one that you know comes to mind. Certainly, uh, kind of an interesting place to play your your overseas ball, but he's playing very well over there.
0: It's fascinating when you think about that, and Maury, maybe you have a thought on this too, but it's amazing when you think about the fact that you've got these countries where turmoil happens and everything, but sports is still a major component of society over there. I'm just amazed every time I hear about someone playing professionally you know, in a, a country where there's just so much other uh, uh, activity going on, both good and bad, uh, like Iraq.
1: Yeah, I, we heard a story... Dan, and I wish I could remember who it was off the top of my head of someone not being able to get their, they played in, it was Iraq or Iran, somewhere in the Middle East, and they couldn't get like their visa stamped to leave. And, uh, it, they, you know, some of the kind of political culture actually kind of, you know, seeps into the basketball, um, with some of these guys and, you know, I, I remember, uh, I wish I remembered which player it was, but he talked about, uh, you know, hearing at times, you know, bombs outside of his apartment where he lived. So it really is pretty amazing, uh, to, you know, be able to go, uh, over to the middle East or, you know, anywhere kind of with turmoil and play over there and, um, they get pretty good crowds, though. If you look at uh, some uh, the lim- very limited video that comes out of there, uh, they get good crowds at those games. And I think uh, if you're playing ball over there, especially in you know like the UAE where uh, you know it's just kind of money a flow there, it's a pretty good situation over there.
0: Absolutely. All right, what else you got?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know a couple more guys playing very well. Um, there's two guys, very recognizable, uh, names, but a couple of others, Demetrius Conger from Basketball City, NYC, is playing over in Germany, and he had 17 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists to lead the Antwerp Giants. And Dan, uh, I don't know if you recall, that's a program, we get a lot of TBT guys who, uh, you know, played for Antwerp at one time, or are currently playing for them over in Germany, he had a big game for them in an 88-72 win just the other day, uh, he's averaging 14.7 points a game from St. Bonaventure University. And again, he played for Basketball City, NYC. Uh, another guy who ESPN actually I saw uh, stole a highlight from after he had a big play for Team Fancy, Shane Gibson from Sacred Heart. He was named one of the Eurobasket.com Players of the Week from uh, Sacred Heart. Again, he's playing over in Bulgaria. He had 23 points in an opening night, 86-71 win uh, again, over in Bulgaria, playing two very recognizable names. Now, Reggie Redding from Supernova. He's playing uh, over for Bayern, again, excuse me, Bayern Munich, I believe. For Bayern, yeah,
0: Bayern, Bayern Munich. So that's their basketball uh, component of their, basically, like their soccer club. That's great.
1: Yeah, a lot of them uh, do that over in Europe. It's, uh, you know... Kind of a brand has you know basketball team and a soccer team. Uh, he had uh, you know a modest game, eleven points and five assists, but it was actually one of the leading scorers on the game, and that was in a Euro Cup game to Zenit, where they actually fell in that game. But he's averaging twelve points and uh, five point eight assists early on for. Uh, the team over in Germany. And uh, one more before the big one. Jacob Pullen for Purple and Black had 13 points, four assists over in Russia. They had a win in their opening night game. I'm not even going to try to announce uh, the, the team that they played over there. He's playing for a team called Kinky, I believe it's called. Uh, and the team they played, I won't even, again, try to go there. But Jacob Pullen, who had a very good TBT, playing with a shorthanded purple and black, uh, kind of transitioning over in Russia. And, and the big one, Dan, is one you sent me earlier on, Will Clyburn, with a, a monster game last night uh, over in Turkey. Uh, a very interesting team. He's actually playing, uh, again, Dan, you might have to correct me here, for Der Sofika. Uh, I think it's
0: might be Derusa that's right. Yeah, it's an Istanbul team. That's the one that David Blatt is coaching.
1: David Blatt. They actually have a couple of former NBA guys on that team. Luke Herangody, uh Semi Erden plays over there. Uh, so very interesting situation, and they, they haven't lost a game yet, at least in preseason play. That was a regular season game where they won, and I believe they went like 11 or 12 and 0 in preseason play, and uh, they carried it into opening night. And Will Clyburn from Armored Athlete had 19 points on the game. Uh, he's a player who comes from Iowa State. So, Dan, you know, like you can see, a lot of TBT guys early on making an impact and playing very well.
0: Yeah, that Derusa that, that Faka team is one I think we ought to keep our eyes on as we go through the next uh, couple of months because there's actually four TBT alums on that team. you got Brad Wanamaker, Will Clyburn, Marcus Slaughter, who played for LA Unified, and Luke Herringotti, who was on the um, Fighting Alumni in 2015. Yeah, 2015 um so anyways that's a great team this is a great report josh i look forward to hearing more about this uh in the next couple of months maury let me ask you how familiar are you with all these um international leagues and and teams and stuff is this going to be a a fun experience for you probably learning more about them
2: well then game of basketball is a global game as we know so many guys being drafted into the nba teams picking up guys from overseas i love learning about the game of basketball especially from overseas, you know, some leagues that I'm not too familiar with. I do know some guys, you know, from the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference that do play overseas, just based on my experience here in the last four years at Quinnipiac, you know, seeing some of the top mid-major guys in the country, some like A.J. English, uh, Marcus Glover, Ramel Brown, uh, George Beeman, guys that, that have played in the TBT for Basketball City, NYC. Uh, I think just the, the list goes down. Uh, you know, about the the number of Mac guys that have played in the TBT and now have played overseas. I follow some of them, but it's going to be great to see the big names like you just mentioned, Reggie Redding uh, and, and all those guys that you mentioned. So I think it's just going to be great to learn about the game of basketball overseas uh, in some of those leagues that, like you said, get a lot of people to come out and watch these guys. And, and they're their big time guys over there that we might not hear about because we're focused on, you know, some of the NBA guys here. But I think the game of basketball... Has gone global, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity to learn more about it.
0: Absolutely, and just um, you know, kind of piggybacking on what you just said there about the NBA, there's the two two uh, TBT guys are still on NBA rosters right now. There's Bobby Brown with the Rockets. Who did you guys see the controversy that happened this week with him? No, so I didn't par- apparently, the Rockets uh, were over in China uh, playing a couple of games over there, and Bobby Brown, who has you know played in China for like the last five or six years, um, wrote his name on the Great Wall of China you know, as a little bit of graffiti or something He must have posted it to Instagram and apparently it was like this big international kerfuffle and he had to like formally apologize. The Rockets are literally one of the most, you know, uh, popular teams in all of China because that's obviously who Yao Ming played for. And um, so hopefully it doesn't impact his, uh, his standing with the team, but I looked at his stats and it looks like he's been playing very well for uh, Houston in the preseason. And then obviously DJ Kennedy still hanging on with the uh, Nuggets and, Looks to be doing well from all reports over there. So there should be an interesting uh, couple of weeks to see if those guys are able to hang on with those rosters and, and uh, do some good things with those NBA teams this year. All right, that's great for this um, opening segment, guys. We'll have more in the rest of the podcast. I'm looking forward to this continuing over the next couple of months and yeah, uh, hopefully well into the TBT 2017 season.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it, Dan. Good, uh, good start today.
2: Same, guys. Great start. Glad to
1: be on. Now we welcome uh, Armored Athlete GM AJ Mahar to the podcast. AJ, uh, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, how you doing today? Doing well, Josh. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely, AJ. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit uh, before the show, and we we talked about Will Clyburn, and we mentioned him on the previous segment when we were running down players who um, you know had a big week over in Europe, and Will Clyburn. Did just that. He's playing over in Turkey for David Blatt's team, actually. Like we mentioned, playing with a couple of other TBT guys. He's playing with Luke Haringody, who played in the NBA. He's playing with Semi Erden, who played in the NBA. So, uh, really good experience for your guy there in Clyburn, uh, a Ford, who was a you know big part of your team this year. He had 19 points in their opening night when named Eurobasket, uh, one of the Eurobasket players of the week. And AJ, uh, we kind of wanted to bring you on and just, um, I know he wasn't a player on your 2015 team. He joined up with you guys this year. Just kind of, you know, how do you get him to come along? Uh, what he bring to the team? And, um, you know, is he a guy who you guys are thinking about bringing back in 2017?
3: Sure, sure. Sure. So, uh, what happened was, our, our team, we had a full roster in May, and then a couple of my guys got hurt, and one had to have uh, season-ending surgery, so he, he wasn't going to be able to play, and the other one had to go on a, a walking boot. Um, so what happened was, I, I guess I went into June with two open spots left, and one of the guys we had it was John Octius from Purdue, and the other one uh, was ended up being Will Clyburn. Um, I have, one of our other guys was in the Israeli league last year, Isaiah Swan, so I following Isaiah season and a couple of my childhood friends and Mark Lyons, who played with us in 2015 in Taylor Battle, they were also in the Israeli league. So I followed the league a bit, and I had kind of been seeing what Will had been doing all year, and I got put in touch with Will. And uh, initially, Will didn't want to play, or he wasn't going to play because he had he was going on a cruise with his wife, um, and he was going to miss the first weekend, which is why he didn't play with us the first weekend. But in talking to Will, he was open to the idea of coming the second weekend if we were to advance, And and I thought Will was... Probably in my opinion, coming into I thought he had a chance to be the best player in TBT. So I was like, if we can ha- add the, what I think is the best player in TBT to, to the roster for the second weekend going forward, I'm going to take my chances on that and, and roll with them. And um, Will's a, such a great guy and, and got along well with everyone. Just stay with us it was a little too short, <laughs> getting knocked out in that first game. But um, great guy, he played well, and, and we're really excited for what he's doing over in Turkey.
1: And he certainly has a couple guys I'm sure if uh, he could bring along, you guys wouldn't mind having in 2017. Like I mentioned, playing with a couple of other TBT guys, but uh, Luke herring who played for the now-defunct Notre Dame fighting alumni, uh, Semi and So I don't know, maybe he can bring you over some talent as well. I'm open to I'm open to guys adding to the roster for sure. <laughs> um, I, I also I you know we were again talking off the air, and I've told my backstory on the podcast a couple of times with the team uh, and you know my kind of uh, progress through TBT whether it be a fan and then getting a team and now working for TBT and uh, one of the reasons I think I've always been so drawn to armored athlete and watching them is I see a lot of the team we put together and you guys did it, you know, a better job than I did of putting a team together in terms of you have, you know, guys that you have who played, you know, the the pinnacle of D1 basketball, Indiana, um, you know, notably with the the trio uh, you had there. But you also have uh, a good mix of guys, whether it be, uh, you know, Malcolm Miller from Holy Cross, uh, David Dudzinski also from Holy Cross. Then you go back, you have a guy like Roosevelt Jones from Butler. Um, You just have a good mix of players, you know, you know, kind of with all different experience and, uh, you know, levels of, um, again, yeah, kind of like levels of experience playing in college. How does that kind of dynamic, uh, kind of play itself out for your team? Is there ever, um, a, a sense where, uh, it ever comes up at all? Or is it kind of just when you're on the team, it's just, you know, 12 guys, uh, playing together. Cause again, I think it is very interesting when you put guys who played, um, you know, Indiana with guys who played Holy Cross. Now that's, that's, you know, indicative of any kind of talent gap, just in terms of they have very different experiences uh, coming out of college.
3: Sure. Well, I, I think personally, the thing that and what I did a lot of my recruiting for the team and talking to guys that I knew and stuff is the reason why it works so well is the guys on my team all are just unbelievable human beings more than anything. I, I know that kind of sounds cliche and stuff, but I, I truly believe that you, you won't be able to find better guys than what we have that, that play with us in the summertime. Um, so I think that really helps a lot, and no one like looks down on the Holy Cross guys. At the end of the day, they're all pros, and um, they're all getting paid to play the game, and, and I think that's that's the biggest thing. Now, I know a couple of the, the higher-level guys back in 2015 when, when Dave Dazinski and Malcolm Miller showed up out of Holy Cross, they didn't know what to expect, and they went out there, and they're, they they made some comments then that they were pretty impressed with them, and uh, they, again, like same thing this year. So um, I think initially there there may have been a little bit of that, but at the same time, there was it wasn't like it was – any type of negative play. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what's so interesting is, uh, like you said, everyone's a, a pro on your team, but just how well that chemistry kind of fit with the team, it was really impressive to me. Uh, you know, if if I, you, told me, watch this team, and, and compare it to some of the other teams that we see in TBT, uh, I would have said that this is an alumni team and these guys have played together for, you know, four years in college. And I think that's uh, really kind of a testament to the team you put together. I don't know if you've noticed that too, but uh, watching you guys play, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this group has played a very limited number of games together over the two years, and that's not including changes between the teams and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, watching you guys play, it kind of seems like you know, the guys have played together for, you know, years, I don't know, is, is that something you kind of noticed, and uh, did you guys, what was kind of like your practice regimen, did you guys get together before TBT to get that chemistry on Pat, or did it just kind of come natural? Well, I, I our, our head coach does an unbelievable job with the guys,
3: he, Dan Engelstad over at he's the head coach of Southern Vermont College at D3, and the, the town that I'm from, he, uh, he does a great job with the guys, and connects really well with them, super organized, and he does a, a really nice job with the guys, and like I said, him and I we had talked planning up leading up to it to see like the pieces we wanted to fit together to try to make it work as well as possible. And uh, I think, like I said, the, the the quality of guys that we have, in addition to their basketball IQs, I mean, are just through the charts or off the charts rather. And uh, I think that mixed with Dan um, putting in some stuff ahead of time, uh, it just really it, it goes a long ways with with these guys. Now, as far as what we did for practice, we only did one practice. Before in 2015 we had five guys there, and then the second weekend we did one practice before when we had more of the guys. I think we had like eight or nine of them there for that practice. So we had two practices last year in 2015. Then in 2016 we went in. uh, We had like a I guess kind of a two day two day practice before this year's tournament in Chicago
1: yeah and uh again it certainly pays off even the limited practice time you had you could see a clear uh kind of connection between the players uh you mentioned Dan the, uh, Dan engelstab the coach and that's someone i wanted to mention and uh, i don't want to say it's never happened and then you know someone proved me wrong but I, I want to I don't think we've had a college head coach coaching TBT. Again, I could be wrong and be missing something, but I think Dan might be the only one. Uh, how did that play out last year? How did you get him to uh, jump aboard? Because, again, it's not something we see a lot in TBT. Um, and if, if it, there are other than Dan, it's a very limited amount of college head coaches uh, coaching in TBT. So how do you get that to kind of flow?
3: Sure. Well, I'm from Bennington, Vermont, which where is where Southern Vermont College is based. And, um... I guess now it would have been four years ago, I met Dan on the golf course, and he asked me to become uh, his assistant coach. So I had coached at Southern Vermont with him the last three years. So that's kind of how I met Dan. And before Southern Vermont, he, he's turned that program around. I mean, they've were they they've come leaps and bounds from where they were four years ago. We were ranked 410th out of 414 Division III teams in the country. Our first game ever together in college, we beat the number one ranked team in the country that last on a buzzer beater um, in the national championship game. Uh, so right from the very beginning, Dan set a culture change, and I think he just he has a way to connect with players and make them believe. And um, Yeah, so just coaching with Dan is, I think, what really made him want to coach. The, 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 it's not every year or every day you get to coach a team of full professionals, and I think the experience that he was able to get from TBT and coaching this caliber of guys is just he, he enjoys it so much, and um, I think it, what you've seen from him is that he's capable of coaching at any level.
1: Absolutely, I totally agree there. And uh, you know, one of my jobs during TBT is during the actual games, I uh, I stand behind the benches and I kind of get some video for Twitter and uh, social media, Snapchat, and all that. And uh, I, I have to tell you, and it's not saying it because you're on, but uh, I I don't think I've been. You know, I think Dan was probably the most impressive coach that I saw during TBT, and that's not putting any of the other guys down. We have a ton of great coaches in TBT, but um, he was clearly in uh, you know that uh, you know that top kind of class. Just watching uh, some of the plays he was drawing up, kind of the command of the bench he had, the respect he commanded from those players—it was really uh, kind of something to watch. And uh, I guess going back a little bit further, and this is something again we've documented on our website uh, a bunch, but how the team kind of got started. Um, Obviously it goes back to your relationship with Will Shee, who ended up playing at Indiana. And again, we've kind of run down this a couple of times on the website, but do you want to just give kind of a quick rundown of how that came to form your relationship with Will and how that ultimately, you know, cultivated in this team in TVT?
3: Sure. Of course. So what happened was I went, ended up going to school in Indiana. And then after college, I moved to Florida where Will was a, he was in high school still. And we randomly, uh, fell into, I guess, a pickup game at one of the local athletic clubs down there, and we we started going at it pretty good during the game and uh, going back and forth, and um, I noticed he was a talent right away, and I had a a basketball training business at the time down in South Florida, and I started working with Will, and and through all that, from the time he was in high school up through college and even to today, I was just with him two days ago out in Chicago, um, we've... Remained and and grown even better friends the whole time. So it's just the kind of relationship that was built off of a pickup game randomly, and and I ended up working with them, and um, the rest is kind of history.
1: Yeah, uh, he obviously brought along uh, Jordan Hulls and Christian Watford, who uh, I think I have confirmation on. I think Watford's the only guy to ever win uh, an SV and play in TBT. So. uh,
3: We got that going.
1: Although Mike Bibby and – no, no, the SVs weren't around then. So, yeah, he's probably the only one. So uh, an impressive group of guys, like you said. Um, And it kind of all cultivated from there. And I thought some of your additions this year – I don't know if you read any of them, but uh, one of my jobs during the year was to do the power rankings that went out on site every week. Um, And I was just so impressed when you look at uh, Roosevelt Jones, Dario Hunt, uh, some of the other guys you brought in I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some uh, Those are the ones that come off the top of my head uh, and, and got those uh, You guys got those guys you know, to come in Do you think um, Some of that has to do with the run you guys went on last year, you guys obviously had a very good showing. Do you think the fact that you know you you could say we were only you know uh, maybe a guy or or a guy or two short or a player too short of really uh, you know winning this thing? So you know if you know we bring one or two more guys in, we're kind of at that next level. Do you think the success you had in TVT 2015 uh, allowed you to bring these guys in, or did that kind of come from just different relationships that the guys had and stuff?
3: Yeah, I think the success definitely played a role in, in that and getting the guys to to believe in us and what we were doing. Um, obviously, it wasn't like we were a one and done or something, and, and you're just kind of rolling the dice. Like guys are playing in this to win money. That's that's what it comes down to. I mean, the majority of the guys they, they they like their free time in the summer when they're playing basketball year round, and they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it to try to win some extra cash. Um, so I think the success definitely had played a part. But the other thing that I noticed when talking to the guys was just TVT as a whole. It's just becoming more of a brand name and. Um, the success that it's having and getting on ESPN and some of the other relationships with Jack Link, Sturkey and, and stuff like that has really helped um, raise awareness of the tournament and what it's doing and, and where it's going and, and guys now, the way that they talk about it, that everyone's ecstatic about it. So um, I think that's a lot of credit to what you guys are doing over there too. And it just makes my job a lot easier as well.
1: Absolutely. I'm just kind of interested uh, from your standpoint, when do you begin preparing for TBT now that you guys, you um, you have, certainly a core group of players who, you know, I assume, you know, if you guys bring back, you have a core group right there. When do you start thinking about TBT? Are you, uh, you know, game planning now? Does it like a, does it, is it after Christmas? When do you begin really getting into it? Uh, well, I mean, the day
3: we lost, I started working on this year's team, to be totally honest. I, I was locking the guys in from our, our core guys for that, that um, were with us from day one, and I'm a loyal guy, and I want to stay loyal to them. So um, they obviously – had first priority and the guys that I wanted to keep and stuff. So I I started the day we lost. Um, I worked a little bit the following weeks after the season. Then I've given the last couple months a break, um, just giving them all some time to get acclimated to their new countries, new teams, moving this and that, let the season play out a little bit. And then here, I don't know, probably – between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'll start gearing up a little bit um, as as the seasons have progress for these guys, and they're kind of in a routine and they can handle a little bit of extra attention from me. Because once I get going, I'm I'm, I'm on it to make sure everything's good to go. I don't want to be one of the teams that have guys not showing up or whatever. I make sure guys are fully committed and and and, and go and go with that.
1: Absolutely. I uh, a couple more things, AJ. Just your overall impressions, because again. Um, you guys are a team that's been very successful in TBT. Uh, there's, you know, there's only one team now, you know, active team that hasn't lost a game, and that's Overseas Elite. So you guys have uh, certainly been right up there with them. Uh, so just your overall impressions from TBT 2015 to 2016. Um, obviously, the the field, uh, while the number of teams went down, the talent level, you know, greatly expanded in TBT. So just kind of your thoughts on the direction of TBT as a whole.
3: I mean, it's 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 unbelievable how much it is growing. Like I, I mentioned just a couple minutes ago about how, how much more recognizable TBT is now than it was even just a year ago. I can't imagine where it's going to be this coming year. You, and you had just mentioned, too, that the field size was cut down, um, but the quality went up, and that is for sure. The the, the the difficulty to get in was, I mean, through the roof this year compared to last year as well. Um, So I can only imagine that's going to get tougher and tougher as we go on. Um, It's awesome seeing the changes they're making. The coverage that you guys did on the teams this year was amazing. And now that you're getting a feel for the teams that are coming back and stuff to be able to do the power rankings, I think that a lot of guys like seeing that. I know I enjoy reading those and and just seeing what's going on. So we're really excited about it. And I think a lot of the stuff that all the changes, I have no problems with any of the changes from year one to two. I actually support them all. And a lot of things that you're going in that, I think you're right on the cusp of breaking through into something great. So I I like the direction, the ideas that you guys are going It makes it a lot of fun to participate in it.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, with the cut field size came obviously uh, an even more kind of dependence on getting those votes. Is that kind of you think now that you have the core players intact and, uh, you know, it can probably be assumed you're going to need even more votes to get in to TVT 2017. Is that probably, you know, for you, the toughest part? Of the process, you know, getting enough votes to make sure you guys are, you know, comfortable with a couple of days left in the voting, and and not, um, you know, kind of risking it to, you know, forty teams and only you know two getting at large. But is that kind of the toughest part now? Uh, for sure,
3: for, for sure, it's tough. I mean, it is a stressful two two months. Um, it's so stressful. I can't tell you how many calls and texts and emails and talking to people about it that that we did and I did. Um, Uh, even with i mean we were in the top four or five most of the most of that two-month period and then 20 minutes before the deadline we dropped out of the top 12 and it's like oh my god we're not going to get in this year um so (laughs) we had to pull a hat out of a rabbit out of our hat and and get lucky there and we got a lot of support in those last 20 minutes to to sneak back in and um our guys really came through and helping recruit at that point too so Getting in is so stressful and so tough, but it, it make. I mean, it's all worth it. Come July, when we actually step on the floor and, and spend the time with the guys and get to experience what we get to experience with TBT.
1: Absolutely, I have a couple of rapid fire uh, questions for you, real quick. Um, number one. Uh, I'm sure you've, you you know, watched the final four on in TBT uh, broadcast on ESPN uh, it actually we weren't able to put it on the previous segment because of when we filmed or when we taped it but DJ Kennedy has actually been cut from Denver if he um, probably may opening the door for him to go back to overseas elite and something I'm interested in asking uh, the GM's uh, again because you're so in tune with TBT how, how do you beat that team if you've uh, if you ended up watching the semifinals and championship game, they've won two years in a row. And you guys are a team that's been you know, on the cusp for two years. Uh, heading into um, TBT 2017, assuming they bring everyone back, uh, what do you have to do as a GM to you know, beat that team, obviously, who has you know, never lost a game?
3: Well, the good thing or the tough thing about TBT is you never know who they're going to add to their core. And, and as we've seen, they've, they've never lost a game like you just mentioned. Um, so I can't really worry too much about them. I can only try to improve what we've done the last couple of years and, and make the moves that I think that we need to to, to continue to move forward and, and win more games in the future. So I can't, I can't focus on what anyone else is doing. I just have to be worried about my team and, and trying to get, improve where I thought we were a little bit weak last year and the year before and, and move forward from there.
1: Is there any team in particular that you would have liked to play? Whether it be um, just you know a player that you wanted to kind of uh, sit on the bench, you know, and have your team compete against, uh, or or you know any kind of relationship at all with another player on another team? Is there anyone in specific or a team that you would have liked to kind of go head to head with?
3: Um. I can't really think of anything in particular. There's another team with a few of the kids from my hometown here in Bennington. They played in the south region. They played actually the Memphis alumni team, OPI, in the first round. Um, so it would have been cool to play some lo- other local guys and, and get matched up with them. Um, that, that's just one. Obviously, I'd love to play overseas elite and just see where we truly stand against the two-time defending <laughs> champs. I think that would be a great measuring stick for us. And then um, it would have been awesome to play Ants alumni who knocked us out the first year.
1: Uh, yeah, they had a, uh, 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 certainly not the result they would have wanted, uh, the Ants alumni. And uh, last question, I know it's very early, so uh, we might have to check back in with you with a couple months' time, but uh, any kind of new news to report on Armored Athlete, anything we should be watching out for? Is it uh, kind of still too early to tell now? No, I've got
3: a few things up my sleeve. I can't release any of that information yet, though.
1: All right. Well, we will be excited to see what uh, ends up happening of at Armored Athlete. I love watching you guys. I think um, the the kind of the team you've put together, like I mentioned, uh, it kind of uh, reflects with me because of the team I put together a couple of years ago. I love watching you guys. Uh, I think you're doing a great job, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys back here and in, and uh, in come July when we come back in 2017. Josh, thanks so much for having me. I look forward to seeing you soon. Perfect. Thank you, AJ.
0: Okay, great interview with Josh Brown and A.J. Mahar. Remember to subscribe to TBT's podcast on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. There's going to be a lot of new information, great guests, new voices, and all the things you want to know about TBT coming up on this season of TBT's podcast. Thanks for joining us.